I think we're good. Daniel, are you going to be... Rumbling. Doing anything, like, with dishes or anything else? Not to stop you, Daniel. Not to stop we're you. We're trying to stop. We just want to know. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> never, I never want to stop anybody washing up. That isn't me. Definitely not. Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. Hi everyone, it's Kirsten here from fluentlanguage.co.uk and to kick us off today I've got a question. Who else wants to learn a new language positively, excitedly, with all the energy and without losing hope when the going gets tough? You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that plateau that will stop so many of us. Now, you know I've learned eight languages myself. I've learned in all sorts of ways. School, language courses, evening classes, self-teaching. In the last episode alone, I told you my English learning story. And you also know that I have self-taught languages like Spanish and even Welsh. But maybe I am unusual. Maybe I'm a special person with some kind of genetic language advantage that nobody else could possibly use for themselves. Can an average person in their 30s, 40s, what about the 60s and 70s, with a family and a job and a busy life, actually learn other languages? Can you teach yourself with materials that are right for you? and ensure you stay motivated and make time for all those language learning hours and just not give up? That's the question I will look at today. And to give you a bit of a spoiler, my answer to that is always yes, it's absolutely possible. But if you just dive in without any plan or consideration, you are so likely to find yourself stuck. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, that feeling of regret, yeah? Looking back at the thing you wanted to learn and you never pursued when you gave up and you thought, oh, if only I'd done more two years ago, I would be fluent in French right now. Well, in today's episode, I have somebody at the start of the journey and I'll show you and her, hopefully, how things can be different, how the mindset that you adopt can change everything about how you learn a language. And I've got a few simple questions in this conversations, in this conversation that you can use to bring powerful, positive and happy insights to your own language learning journey. And before we jump into all that goodness, I've got obviously a message from our sponsor. We thank Clothesmaster for supporting The Fluent Show. You guys, if you've ever looked at language learning apps, you know that there's a lot of them out there. Many use a great system, but they're a bit boring to use. Sometimes the game and the engagement is great and it's really fun to swipe and get points and ding-dongs and bling-blongs or whatever they're called. But you feel like you're not really learning anything. You start to feel like you're wasting your time. Now, if you want a language learning app that delivers on the learning front and it's still entertaining and keeps you hooked, you've got to get on to Clothesmaster. It's a very simple game. You will see a sentence in your target language and there are over 50 of them available. So yours is likely to be on the list. And 
in that sentence, something's missing and your job is to find what is missing. There are various options of you seeing a translation, maybe not seeing a translation, maybe seeing a translation in another language you're learning. So you get the double benefits. No matter what you choose, Closemaster is super addictive. It's open to a huge range of learners thanks to that massive range of languages that they have. It comes with iPhone and Android apps and it is completely free. So you can learn anytime and anywhere. If you want to check out their pro plan, you can also get a discount now using the code FLUENTSHOW. And I've recorded a special video guiding you through the app so you don't even need to install it to look inside. Don't need to make an account. I've done it all for you. And you can see that video at closemaster.com slash FLUENTSHOW. That is closemaster, C-L-O-Z-E, master.com slash FLUENTSHOW. Check it out. Thank you so much for supporting our show and thanks to Clothesmaster for supporting The Fluent Show too. So earlier I mentioned you would hear something pretty special. An insightful, deep language coaching conversation of sorts. In this podcast episode, I'm sharing a conversation with my friend Daniela with you. Daniela is a writer and teacher and she's about to spend a whole month in Germany. So she's decided she wants to learn German and got in touch with me her German and also language-obsessed and language-experienced friend. <laughs> what you'll hear today is our conversation in which I share those seven important questions that I think you should answer too as a language learner. And you'll hear how through a thoughtful conversation, just thinking these things really through, Daniela's attitude and her mindset to what she can achieve completely develops and changes. I've so enjoyed this conversation. It's been a, a privilege to talk to a friend about her own language learning journey. And I'm sure you'll join me in listening to the show, wishing Daniela the best of luck and hop on to find out everything that she is learning. My guest today is Daniela Uslan. Hey, Daniela. Hey, Kirsten. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on the Fluent Show. This is so exciting. Uh, listeners, this is the first time one of my friends has agreed slash been manhandled to come on the show. Not someone who is a language blogger, not somebody who is, you know, has been collecting deep and meaningful thoughts for ages about language learning, but instead someone right in the thick of it. Daniela, you are my friend. We have known each other for how long? Four years? Yep. And you recently mentioned to me that you wanted to learn a little bit of German and you were asking for tips. So I jumped pretty much on this because it's very exciting and very satisfying to be able to support your friends in their own language learning projects when you are like me a language coach guide mentor nerd crazy person all around <laughs> and um, I said to you do you know what why don't you come on the show and together we go through pretty much your setup for your language learning project yeah I'm excited to do that oh my god so I'm going to just jump right in because we've got an hour and I feel like we've got a lot of ground to cover. And I want to kick off by introducing you to our audience. Obviously, with us having known each other for quite a while, I know a little bit about your life. But what I would 
ask and I think what is relevant when you are starting to learn a language are a few different things so first of all how old are you and who are you and where do you live well I'm 36 and I'm a writer and a teacher and I live in Miami right now although I'm going to be moving to Denver in a few months and I live with my little baby Kiara she's about three months old and my husband and my dog that's so awesome (laughs) and you're a writer so have you done a lot of work already with with language do you have a special relationship to the English language that's a good question yeah I think I really love words and when I'm writing or when I'm reading a book, I like to read a lot of um, epic fantasy novels right now, actually, but I'm, I've always been a voracious reader. So when I'm reading either fiction or poetry or even nonfiction, I really have an appreciation for when people use language well and for when I see a word used in an interesting way, it makes me happy. So I do feel like I have... A relationship to language as a writer and I also have been learning Hebrew since I was a kid so I started learning Hebrew when I was in kindergarten so I've always had two languages in my life wow fluent in Hebrew per se mm-hmm. but I feel like because of that I've always I don't know just had kind of a relationship with two different languages like in high school when I wanted to write notes like about a crush or something and I didn't want them to know I'd write it in Hebrew in my notebook so they wouldn't be able to understand what I was writing (laughs) (laughs) so I've always kind of I don't know and I've I really have loved having those two languages in my life for so long so yeah that's amazing. When you say you can't speak Hebrew, is it because you've you've studied for religious region re- reasons? Being being a Hebrew learner in America is usually means you've got Jewish faith and all that. Yeah, well, I I have learned for religious reasons, and I actually do tutor kids in Hebrew, mm-hmm. uh, like the prayers and stuff like that. But I also I do know modern Hebrew. I lived in Israel for seven months. But I think because I haven't studied it consistently, I don't like I could have a conversation in Hebrew. I have a a really close friend who is from Israel, who lives in Denver, and we sometimes will like I'll write her texts in Hebrew and I'll talk to her in Hebrew a little bit. But even when I was living in Israel, the people there know English. And so I would try to speak to them in Hebrew and they would refuse because they wanted to practice their English mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. because to be frank, their English is much better than my Hebrew, and they just didn't have the patience for me to stumble through it. So I think I just never took that leap to just be able to just communicate comfortably in Hebrew. But I understand probably 80% of what I hear, and mm-hmm. um, I can have a conversation. I just don't have the comfort level for it. Yeah. So, so somewhere... Yeah. Uh, you know, thinking thinking as a tutor who who refers to the Common European Framework for Languages or for of reference for I don't know it's CEFR it abbreviates to something. I I I'm hearing that and I'm thinking okay so your Hebrew is somewhere in the B levels, but in particular with with having that many years of experience, you you must have some language confidence, which is really useful for, to know. For me, I have a next question for you. 
Okay. And that's about you, you I mean you've already, you've already mentioned Kiara, you know, your your baby. And you've got, you know, you've got the dog, you've got the husband, you've got the job, you've got the upcoming move. What does your week look like time-wise? Well, right now I have a lot of time because I'm not working. I'm a freelancer and I'm not really trying to fill up my schedule with a lot of assignments just because I have a new baby and we have the move coming up. And so even though we're going to be moving, I guess my, my week looks very fluid and I do have quite a bit of time when I'm sitting and feeding Kiara or I don't know. It's not like I do have quite a bit of time, but it's not structured time. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's excellent though. So you've got this is really good. It's such an opportunity to get stuck in, I think, in a new language and build your base, right? So you, we could, we yeah. could get you to a point of strength potentially. Okay, yeah, that would be great. That sounds awesome. And you're not planning to take a job anytime soon where you'd be like full time, or I can't imagine no. what that's like with a small child as well. <laughs> I'm not. That isn't really in the plan at the moment. And the other question I find interesting to get a sense of what my, I guess, I don't know, my coaching book calls it a performer. Some people call it a coachee, just a person that you're helping, right? The what what your life is like and what maybe would stand in a way or support you in your language learning would be about the people in your life. So both people that, that can assist you, that might be useful or inspiring for a language learning project mm -hmm. and and then in the, at the same time anything that you think might hold you back you know people that you you are obliged to that have to come first or anything like that just give me a sense of what your constellation of people looks like well in terms of language learning you would probably be the biggest support <laughs> friends yes. and i know that you love language learning so <laughs> i do go on about it a German bit teacher so um that's motivating to me and then i don't know um i have some other friends who know some german as well i don't know if they would be willing to practice with me i'm not i've never thought of really asking them oh that's cool in terms of Other people, I mean, I do have a three-month-old baby, so she does take a lot of time and energy. Does she speak German? Um, she doesn't. She doesn't <laughs> speak any language right now, although this morning I was just learning the German phrases and on Duolingo. So I said, guten morning, guten morgen to her. I think that's good morning. Yeah. Um, so I was like, guten morgen, boker tov, buenos oh. dias. I was like, I can teach her a few languages, but she doesn't speak German right now. Oh my um, God. Such opportunity yeah. though. Yeah. And so. she could be almost an inspiration for you. Yeah, definitely. I, I would love to have her grow up bilingual, although probably with Spanish because my husband is, was born in Mexico and... Um, his mother is a Spanish interpreter, so I feel like it would be more likely for her to be bilingual with Spanish than with German. But it does inspire me to be like, oh, I can speak different languages to her. Oh my god, he's bilingual? I never knew this. Yeah, he is. He He's a doctor and he speaks to a lot of his patients in Spanish since we live in Miami. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Oh my god, that's amazing. That is so that's so awesome. So really you have you have a little bit of you know language around you and having friends who you think maybe you could ask them in the future. That's a sort of I'm I'm glad we I'm glad we poked that one a little bit. Yeah. What about media or social media kind of do you watch a lot of YouTube? Do you go on Instagram? I don't really know. Um yeah, I watch YouTube. I haven't really watched any like language videos, but I do watch a lot of YouTube like different mom videos and mm -hmm. I don't know. Um and then in terms of Instagram, yeah, I I love looking at Instagram and I go on Facebook quite a bit as well. We have YouTube, we have some Instagram, and there's this opportunity there as well to to bring in in the future, bring in a bit of German. So one thing I wanted to know before we dive in and do goals and all that stuff, one thing I was curious about was you've mentioned you've tutored people in Hebrew. So you as a teacher have seen other people learn languages as well. Is there any conclusion or any anything you can draw from that that you think will be useful for yourself going forward? Hmm. You always ask the best questions. Um, I think, well, most of my Hebrew tutoring has been with like the prayers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I also, I do have a master's in education as well. So I think in terms of just teaching in general, I really, as a teacher, I try to make it fun for my students. That's one of my main focuses as being creative, creating creative lesson plans. And I definitely do that with my Hebrew tutoring because a lot of the kids that I work with aren't really that excited to learn Hebrew because it's mainly the prayers. And so I try to play games with them to make it more fun. Mm -hmm. um, or I'll try to like, even though with the prayers, they're learning a specific set of words like I will teach them the Hebrew roots so that they can see the roots in different prayers or I'll try to find commonly used words in the prayers and help teach those directly so that when they encounter them they're like oh that is Yisrael or you know whatever the word may be mm -hmm. um, I think so in terms of how I could learn a language I think and I've also noticed this about myself in general that I'm more motivated to do things when they're fun and enjoyable. So I like what you're saying about, you know, looking at social media or YouTube or incorporating the learning into the things that I already enjoy. Like I was thinking um, right now, since my daughter's so cute, I do a lot of like photo collages of her and stuff like that so I was like oh I could like I made a photo collage of her with her face showing all the all these different emotions oh my god and I wrote the emotions in English under her under the pictures so I was like oh I could do that in German and like write the write the emotions in German for example um so I think I since I love to be creative and do creative things I one way that I could practice is by, you know, incorporating German into whatever create creative project I'm working on. Oh my God. I love everything about that. It's, that's both 
very, very wise and you're drawing on something that you know works for lots of learners and your own educational experience. But you're also, you're already coming up with specific plans of action. So hang on, what am I doing here? Really? <laughs> This is so, so great. I'm so glad you, you said that. And it's, it's a, it's a great, great plan of plan of attack for a better for lack of a better expression and also to talk about roots and then we can think about cognates and some of the words that the german language has that come from maybe the english language or come from joint latin or actually english being a language with pretty strong like anglo-saxon and germanic roots you know and german is obviously germanic so there's quite a bit of stuff that you can you can uncover there that can kind of be um di discovered in between those two i did a lot of work with that in german uncovered and i i spent so much time in the etymology dictionary uh finding new words that i never knew in german i never knew had were were connected to words in english and it was fascinating so there's quite a bit of you know there's a lot of fun to be had here yeah One thing I know about you, just because I happen to, you know, know you, is that you also quite enjoy cooking and I think baking too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. that, that's a fun... I enjoy doing that in foreign languages. Yeah, that's a cool idea to maybe... Like, how would you do it? Would you look up a recipe, like a German recipe? Or would you yeah, look that, up that's what I do. recipe and then look up what the different languages... Or what the different ingredients would be? Well, in, in Welsh, you, you don't really, I don't really have as much resource. I think I might want to, if, if Welsh had like, if I knew like a Welsh cooking channel or something like that on YouTube, um, I might just watch that for a laugh. Although there is a little bit on, on Welsh telly where you can just watch a cooking show. I love watching reality shows in target languages because it's unscripted and you sort of know what they're going to say. So it's, it's helpful because you can kind of, cobble it together in your mind and i i get welsh recipes yeah and then just cook with them uh i'm i'm i am creative anyway when it comes to recipes which means i, I never follow whatever it says anyway <laughs> but it's a wonderful feeling to then whatever you you've made i made biscotti and i've made scones i made seaweed scones seaweed being a you know like a welsh delicacy as well Wow. Yes, I made seaweed scones and it's kind of really rewarding to then say, I baked this in Welsh. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so you can kind of say, I baked this in German. I rule. <laughs> before, okay, before we hit, hit the goals, do you, is there anything in your past language learning, in your own experience that you think might be a sort of stumbling block in the future? Anything that would stop this from being a success well i think what has held me back in the past is feeling like i guess what i was saying with hebrew like i'm afraid to practice it or you know like here in miami everyone speaks spanish but i don't speak spanish to them even though i know quite a bit of spanish because i don't want to i don't know look like a fool you know or i don't want to stumble through it um, so I feel like, or with German specifically, the reason I want to learn some of it is because we're planning to go there. Mm -hmm. And I guess a stumbling block might be if we decide that we don't go there or if we 
like, I don't know, after I come back, just being like, okay, well, what's the practical application of this? You know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, that's, that's quite, that's quite a realistic. What's the practical application of this is such a good question. I'm just writing that down. That's a stumbling block for many people. You're not alone in that one. So there's there's two sides to this. There's the motivational side and the side that tells you, I don't want to make myself a fool. And in that, you are, to a certain extent, depriving yourself the possibility of a success experience, right? Yeah. So exactly. Is there that you you can obviously go about that and kind of think, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? And that's an interesting route to go down. So maybe maybe let's let's see what let's see what your answer is to that. You know, what's the worst thing that can happen if you were to speak your Spanish to somebody? I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't be that bad. I think. I think. I mean, they might be like be like oh she's trying to speak spanish but she doesn't know what she's doing and then switch to english which is what normally happens but i think maybe even more than like being like oh no something bad is gonna happen it's more of just like it's easier to just speak english you know Mm. like when i went to cuba with my friend um a year and a half ago i spoke spanish almost the whole time to the people there because they didn't speak any English and I didn't have any fear about it. I I just spoke to them and my friend was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here and you can speak to the people here. But when I'm in Miami, I assume that people will speak, that people speak English and it's just easier not to speak the language, you know? Um, So I think that Maybe it's more a case of like, well, this is, it's easier not to do it. So, you know, with German, I feel like right now I'm excited about it and I do Duolingo every day and I'm learning all these new things. But then once that initial excitement wears off, I feel like maybe part of what gets in my way with language learning in general is that when it becomes a little harder and I have to put myself out there, um, that's when I'm, I don't put the energy in to, to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. And that's because you feel, you, you don't feel pressure to do it? I guess, it, yeah, that it's just like, I get interested in other things and then I just kind of drop, drop it. It's not even like, yeah, it's, like if I, I if I lived in Germany for a year or if I lived in a Spanish-speaking country for a year, I, I'm sure I would become fluent. But when I don't have the incentive to do it, mm-hmm. then I just am like, okay, moving on, you know. So how does that make you feel about Spanish? Well, I have some regret. I have some sadness because I, I've lived in Miami for four years and... I've wanted to be fluent in Spanish for a long time, and this would have been a perfect opportunity, and I just didn't do it because I had other priorities, like working on my business and stuff like that. But I'm kind of feeling like, well, if I had just 
taken more time, like a little bit of time, like how you suggest with your methods and with the language habit toolkit, like, oh, I could have just taken like 30 minutes a day to practice. And I could have just, you know, tried to put myself out there and speak Spanish more. And I would have learned a lot, but I just didn't prioritize it. So. Mm -hmm. Well, it's. In a way, what in a way, what's what's done is done, right? So yeah, whatever you exactly. whatever you didn't get done in the past doesn't <laughs> doesn't prejudice where you where right. you can go in the future, and no yeah. no matter where you go in Spanish or in in German, there is but it's good. It's actually really really good and really useful to know when your motivation wanes that mm -hmm. that you there is a tendency to drop the whole thing. So it might be a useful question to answer maybe a bit later when you are actually losing excitement because <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to take away from the excitement you have in the moment, but a good question to answer and just perhaps to write down and have somewhere for when you hit that wall is what's the minimum. You're like, what's the minimum you can do in German in a week or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that, that yeah. helps. I think so. Just based on what we're talking about, I, I'm starting to, maybe I'm having like a little bit of an aha moment where I'm like, oh, well, you know, I, I'm a writer. And so I say, I go through periods where I'll write for like 10 or 15 minutes a day. And I tell, and I'm also a writing teacher and I'll tell people, you know, if you write for 10 minutes a day, that's amazing because you're writing for an hour a week. Whereas you wouldn't be writing at all otherwise. And so I'm like, oh, I could just do that with language. I could say, okay, I'll learn, I'll focus on German for 10 minutes a day, or I'll focus on Spanish for 10 minutes a day. And even though that seems like a really small amount, it's actually a lot more than, than it would be otherwise. Mm -hmm. It's so, a lot more than zero. Yeah, exactly. It's an <laughs> hour a week versus no hours a week. It's um, amazing. So, in in my book, yeah. it's amazing. It's the same as running. You can run three miles a week and and tell yourself that's rubbish. I might as well not bother because it's not a marathon. Or you can run three miles a week and then in a month you run 12 miles. Ta -da, you've done well. <laughs> that's true. I am I think the, I, other, the other part that I've just been thinking about as we're talking is I feel like community is really important for language learning mm -hmm. and for writing. Um, so I think even like if I were to do 10 minutes of German a day for however long, um, I think that that would be great, but I feel like practicing with an actual person is really important too. So maybe having like a minimum amount of practice on my own per week, but then also saying what. The, I, to me, it's a valid question to say, okay, what's the minimum amount of time that I'm going to practice with someone else per week or per month? Because to me, that's really when language comes alive is when you have someone else to share it with. Mm -hmm. What I love about this conversation, and I have a, I have a note-taking habit. You might know this about me already. <laughs> <laughs> What I'm thinking. <laughs> I love that you say language comes alive when you share it, because I think a lot of us and all of us language learners in a way feel this way. 
like that's why even people who study Latin they go to like Latin camp you know they, they can go to Italy uh, all dress up like Romans and they walk around talking Latin to each other because <laughs> language comes alive when you share it that's so true yeah and what I love what I love about what you're what you're doing right now is you know we're sort of going into the area of the vision goal and a question I like to ask people or a, a prompt I like to give people when we're thinking about vision goals. So this is really the, Daniela mentioned it earlier, if you're listening, this is roughly the methodology of the language habit toolkit. So if you already have one or if you want to get one, I'm pretty sure you'll find a link in the show notes. But <laughs> <laughs> So the language habit toolkit is starts really at this point. It starts at what is your what I talk about the vision goals or the things that motivate you. And Daniela mentioned already, you know, her, her love of language and her enjoyment, the fact that they are moving to Germany, which is the immediate factor that is a motivator for Germany. But Daniela, you're super wise because you're saying, well, what if I don't live in Germany anymore? Or what if, what if we don't end up going and then I'm just going to not feel the need anymore? But the other way you're beginning to think about it is this sort of, envisioning your life in a realistic way but in a way where you're still benefiting from it and envisioning your life you know speaking to other people and saying language comes alive when you share it and I love writing and I can just do do the minimum and I can create so I just so love what you said about being creative in your target language because Learning a language should not take away from what you enjoy. It should add to it, right? Yeah, definitely. And this, the great way, the great thing that we have now is you're you're creating a way of thinking about yourself as a language learner. That's true. Yeah. Just kind of like when I was a teacher, I would think I would pay attention to how my students learned and I feel like different students needed different strategies because they they learned in different ways and they had different things that motivated them and so I feel like this is a good opportunity to look at myself as a learner and to say well how do I enjoy learning and what works for me and to kind of create a plan that is based around that knowledge about myself Mm. Your passion for education is actually a huge asset that you have that puts you ahead in this whole project. Yeah, just I think the passion and also just the be the ability to introspect and and look at myself in that way, I think is helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely is there anything specific? So if we go into more playing around with the idea of division call is there anything specific that attracts you to german or makes you want to learn more about the german language bearing in mind it's spoken not just in germany but you know you can talk about austria or switzerland or yeah i think well the initial motivation was okay we are probably going there for either two weeks to a month so i want to be able to communicate um, and then I think that when I practice, I kind of imagine myself there and I imagine myself being able to greet people in German or say thank you in German or, you know, maybe understand like 
directions in German. Mm-hmm. Um, so that when I, cause I, I've traveled quite a bit and I feel like, I think that when I haven't known the language, I've felt a lot more lost in a way. Um, I mean, knowing English, you can really get by in most countries, which can either be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you look at it. But I guess what motivates me is just imagining myself, you know, sitting in a beer garden in Germany and being able to order in German or, um, I don't know, just have like short conversations in German. Mm hmm. That is super motivating. That's, yeah, that's a really good one, isn't it? And then I think the other part that is coming up for me as we're talking is like you were saying, when you create, when you cook things uh, from Welsh recipes, I feel like there's, when you learn a language, there's an opportunity to really learn about the culture as well. And so. I know a lot about Jewish culture and I've been learning Hebrew forever and I, I've traveled in Central America, which is why I know, know Spanish. Um, and so I think with this, I don't really know that much about Germanic culture. So I feel like it's also an opportunity to learn about a new culture, which is exciting for me. Mm, definitely. Well, German culture is, it's certainly more than, than some kind of, caricature of sauerkraut and big massive beers and and all that <laughs> you know it's, yeah. it's a big country also it's a in a way for for you it, it can be a real gate into european yeah culture or european identity because you've you've not been in in europe that much right well i've yeah i've traveled in europe quite a bit but i've never really I mean, I've traveled in Italy and Greece and Eastern Europe. So I've traveled in Europe and my family, our origin is Eastern European. Um, but I haven't really, I guess I haven't lived in Europe for very long. The longest I've been there when I went to Italy, I was there for a month. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I guess it's, a, but to me, I guess that's an interesting question because I don't. Feel, I feel like all the European countries are different. So I've never thought about European culture as a whole. Um, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. And there's one thing that might be an interesting vision goal or something, something you considered that I, I thought about when you talked about being a teacher, working with students and being a writing teacher. And I think writing and language learning have have something in common in the way that they sort of mm, they kind of challenge us to get over ourselves or get over our I always want to say in German we have an expression and that's called your inner pig dog <laughs> 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 like the inner Schweinehund and it's <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like can you imagine a, like you're in a I don't know why it's a pig dog <laughs> it's like it's just this this creature that lives inside of you that you know uh, much more elegantly in the book The War of Art it's called Resistance right but essentially it's just like this little lazy bones that lives inside of you not just lazy but also just you know genuinely the, the resisting part mm -hmm. and you're both 
a writer and I know you as a fellow, you know, entrepreneur, an ambitious woman. So there is something perhaps in thinking about what does it mean if I am a language learner and if I am pulling this through. So what I'm trying to think is what if a year from now you're still learning German and you can clearly look back and go, I've made loads of progress and I'm still going and I'm in this. What would that tell you about yourself? I think that I could be persistent and uh yeah, that I could be persistent and that I could follow through and and do that. Is that attractive? Uh, yeah, I think I I've always really looked at people who know multiple languages and been kind of in awe of them. And I think, and I've always wanted to be fluent in Hebrew and Spanish. Um, and so I feel like even, and actually it's in, from learning German, I've on Duolingo, I also was like, oh, I'll just do Spanish and Hebrew too. So I added them also. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. I guess it's to me, I think if I could a year from now, have kind of a consistent language learning, just have language learning be a part of my life regularly so that I, you know, was continuing with my journey with German, but also just kind of, I think, taking the next steps with Hebrew and Spanish as well. I think I would feel really, really good about myself. I'm like, oh, I'm becoming more of the person I want to be. Ah, what stands between you and the people you say you're in awe of who know lots of languages? I think those people either have just grown up, you know, bilingual um, or trilingual, or they've lived in the places that they know the language of, or I guess sometimes I'll, I just will tell myself, well, I'm okay with language, but I'm not great with it. So um, that kind of self-talk. Mm -hmm. And I think I just, it's hard to explain, but I feel like people who are truly fluent in multiple languages, who, who didn't grow up bilingual, like my sister is fluent in Spanish and English, and she she just made that a priority and she's lived in Spain a few times um, and she traveled in South America for seven months. So she, she definitely immersed herself. Um, and, but she just made that a priority. Like she made, she minored in Spanish in college. So I think mm -hmm. I sent, I think I, I feel like those people have that grit when it comes to learning language that I haven't had. So I, in some ways, it's more, to me, it's about grit and effort. And, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, those people put the effort in, whereas yeah. I haven't. Well, so. you, you know me, and I speak several languages, sort of to varying qualities. But, you know, I'm definitely... How many languages do you speak now? <laughs> I, I did, I actually did a little... Um, uh, collection today because I was thinking about this with with um, Ch Chinese 
and I, I wrote down all of my levels and stuff. I speak English and German at, at native levels. I'm fluent in French. I'm conversational in Welsh. If if so, I'm sort of my Welsh sounds a bit like your Hebrew, except I'm missing about twenty years of learning. Um, or 30, really. I am somewhat conversational in Spanish. I can read Spanish and Italian. I can sort of understand a bit of Italian and I can read Cyrillic. I can sort of have a pleasantry exchange in Russian. So it, it, it depends. Like, how many languages do you speak never gets a straightforward answer because you're just too busy with levels. But in my head, I, I would say I speak four. Okay. And didn't grow up bilingual and have only ever really lived in Germany and England. But definitely my French is, I I would say you are right that, that that was a priority at various points. It wasn't really, I made French like my biggest priority in my life, but I always had these um, forks in the road where I could have given it up mm-hmm. and I didn't. But that was because I was I stubbornly wanted to. I, I had already worked so so hard at that point that I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to stop learning French, even though I don't. I've never loved French in a Welsh in a way I love Welsh or English. Like Welsh was like my choice. French was the thing I had to do at school, but mm. I still. I didn't want to. You know, I didn't want to stop. So I guess grit is a good way of. I also never had a stake in whether I'm I'm getting any good. I just got good because I kept going and I never thought about it, which helps and is a luxury that maybe we don't have anymore now because there's just not enough time if you're, a, you know, if you're really making that decision for yourself. But do you feel you're a person of grit otherwise outside languages? Well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think with certain things I am, but yeah, I think it I really think I I feel like if I'm having fun with something and there's enough like enjoyment and pleasure in it for me then I will then like I can add the grit to it and keep doing it but when that isn't there I don't know if I have the grit I don't know if that makes sense but um like I Like when I was in Denver, there was a yoga studio there that I loved. And so I went there three times a week for eight years. So that could be considered grit because it's like, wow, I kept going for that long. But then as soon as I moved to Miami and that there wasn't that yoga studio wasn't here, I didn't I stopped doing yoga. So I think I don't know if I have that grit or if it's really like I just need to find a way to enjoy what I'm doing in order to keep doing it. Mm. Well, this is your, this is great though, isn't it? Because I feel like, well, we're going to find out, right? Yeah. Well, I guess maybe, maybe I could mix the grit in with the fun and say, well, if something's instead, because I, I feel like this is a whole other thing, but I feel like a lot of times grit is seen as like you just have to have the discipline to just do it and you know it's all about that discipline and motivating yourself through discipline whereas maybe grit can also be finding fun ways to do things and just saying this is important to me so I want to keep it in my life and I I know myself well enough to know that I have to have fun with it in order to be motivated to do it and I guess, approach it from that angle instead of 
being like, okay, I need to power th- power through it mm. with discipline. Oh, yes. You're all preach. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you, I think you're saying something very, very true there. And a perception, this is really interesting because you when you when you said first oh i'm in awe of people who learn languages digging into that there's this kind of like well these people stuck with something unpleasant right there's this sort of um there's a level of learning a language has to come with some kind of suffering and okay i mean i'm a german teacher and i know that we have cases and i'm sorry for <laughs> however it, it there are fun ways of of going about it all so if you're looking at your vision goals worksheet if we're thinking about your vision goal as we would in if you know if you are if you went through the language habit toolkit on your own I think it would be a really fun goal to write something not about oh I see myself in Germany speaking German which is which is everybody has that dream you know that's kind of mm-hmm. but to dig in one deeper and go I am I am learning German and I'm absolutely I'm absolutely loving it or I'm I'm writing a poem in German or I'm doing something with a gem recipe or this, these collages you've been doing with with Chiara, you know, thinking about, imagine something like it's a year from now, it's perhaps two years from now, and my German level is great, and I'm loving it because X, Y, and Z, you know, mm-hmm. and really think about, like, in the future, here's why I'm loving this. As opposed yeah. to, you know, like, here's how disciplined I am. When that doesn't sound fun, why, you know, yeah, we can deal with non-fun things later. That's not what vision goals are for. Yeah, I think I don't see it as, like, an unpleasant thing. I think it's more of just, like, an uncomfortable, like, at some point it becomes uncomfortable because you have to put yourself out there and actually like talk to someone in the language i guess you don't have to but Mm. um i think in terms of vision goals i like the idea of saying maybe not like oh i can have a full conversation with kirsten in german you know but maybe say like i see myself being a person who has stuck with this and is enjoying it you know yeah Um, Something like, I I am super proud because I'm so awesome because I've been learning German this long. (laughs) Yeah, and it's not even about the level. It's just like, oh, I'm still, I still, I'm doing it, you know? I'm still devoting 10 minutes a day or I'm still, I'm able to cook, like, a full recipe by reading, you know? Or I do, maybe not even that I'm able to look at the recipe and know what it means, but, like, I still am sticking with it so that when I do look at the recipe, maybe I am cross-referencing it in English, but I'm still incorporating it into my life. Mm. Oh my God. Yeah. This is just, this is so great to, to, to hear you say, and, and I would say, hold on to that one. Definitely. This, it's not about the level. It's not about the level because I'm awesome because I'm doing it is a really good, strong vision and a really cool thing to hold on to. And yeah. it takes it takes a lot of the pressure off because, like you say, like I love I love that you said language comes alive when you share it. Mm-hmm. That's very true. But that's not about being perfect or something like that. And let me tell you something: Germany has got some epic fantasy board games. <laughs> <laughs> and I, 
<laughs> yes. Oh my god. That's yeah, it's cool. like the ho- the home of those board games that take seven hours to play. They're like like Carcassonne and all that stuff. There, a lot of them are from Germany. Uh, so you could you can probably find a, a games group and just go for it. And also Germans love people who speak English and will practice. <laughs> they will practice their English on you. It is no judgment on you. They just really want to speak English. Yeah. So again, to kind of take take that out. But, you know, I can teach you strategies to deal with those situations. That's no problem at all. Cool. One question I have for you, just so we can put something in writing. Um you're starting now. You've mentioned you've got Duolingo. And mm-hmm. I know you are taking a rather excellent course that uh, Kirsten Cable made. <laughs> or you, yeah. you were studying a little bit on my grammar course, right? The beginning one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And is there... So those are kind of the resources you have at the moment. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we, I, I usually think of resources in, in two ways. And for beginners, this isn't quite as, I think this, this becomes more relevant the more kind of intermediate you get, you know, the, the more, the closer you come to, to levels where you don't really want to sit there and study with a textbook or something like that anymore. But essentially what I think of is you want to have an input resource that's just like something in German that is fun. It's, it could be very, very simple. And that can be very, very simple German. And the other one is a guiding resource. And a guiding resource is um, is something that where you can really follow step by step. So Duolingo is an example of a guiding resource in a way because it's got that tree, mm-hmm. the skill tree. I find by itself Duolingo wouldn't be maybe... A, f- a fully functional guiding resource because it doesn't explain stuff to you when you need it to. But, mm-hmm. you know, people know how to Google, so then Google becomes your guide. Or what what you can, or what you've been doing is you've been kind of mixing Duolingo with the course I made. So you're getting the grammar explanations from somewhere where the grammar explanations, you like them and you've got some exercises, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This course you will find in the show notes, by the way, people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, gotta gotta mention it. And um and how is that working out for you? Do you feel like at the moment that's sufficient to see you through the next, let's say, thirty days? Yeah, I think so. I think I feel like right now I'm enjoying Duolingo because I can just you know, while I'm breastfeeding, I can just take it out and do some exercises and get my streak going um and then also looking at your course and understanding the way that the language works a little bit more and like I can see like the verb conjugations that you teach in the course and then when I'm doing Duolingo I'm like oh you know that verb is using that conjugation um that Kirsten talked about in her course so I feel like I think I don't want to get bogged down by having too many resources. I guess one Mm -hmm. thing I feel maybe is missing, which I think that you gave me a recommendation for something to, to look at is just like a, like a book, um, some kind of book that's like, okay, that just lays out, that just lays it out. Um, Mm -hmm. I think might be helpful as Mm -hmm. well to have in addition to those two things. It's useful to have something physical around you 
because if everything is digital, then you sort of, it's easier to have it drop off. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a book. I have a very annoying habit for everybody who lives around me of labeling everything at the start of learning a new language. <laughs> last cool. last house, it was Russian house before I think it was. <laughs> and I'm sort of, I'm beginning to play around with Chinese. So I made some, some labels may start popping up somewhere in the kitchen where it's just like cup in Chinese and stuff, <laughs> just as a playful thing. But, you know, something physical that just makes you knocks you into German mode every now and then. At the moment on the fridge, we've got the delivery note from the last time we did a, you know, like a grocery shop. And uh, I got bored the other day and translated some of it into Welsh while I was waiting for my words, my stuff to cook. So I just had my dictionary app and played around with that. So anything really, it doesn't have to be a book, but it can be a book, you know, just something physical in your apartment that makes you feel more like, yeah, man, I'm a German learner. Look at my German book. Uh, it could just be a dictionary, to be honest. Dictionaries are awesome and exciting and cute. So something like that would be good. And otherwise, I feel you're right. You know, in terms of guidance, I would say you're pretty, you know, as in something that you can follow that leads you on in the journey where you can just go, okay, now I'm doing the next level. Now I'm doing the next level. Now I'm doing the next level. Something like that. You, you're pretty well served because you've got my course you know, supporting Duolingo, which I guess works. And Duolingo giving you some, some basic vocab. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I, what, what I think would be really fun for you would be something like a natural source of language. And that's, it's difficult for learners every single time. It's difficult for me, for everybody. And you don't, you know, don't push until you're ready. But something that is roughly natural German. So a, a simple story like we had in German Uncovered, something like that really works because it's easy to make the language in a story relatively simple. Mm-hmm. And if you buy them produced, it can get audio. There are um, storybooks I can recommend for you, um, okay. that you that that are like Kindle books in very simple German. And you can kind of do those at very early levels. And what you were saying, saying earlier about conjugation and you know the fact that i explain it in one course and you can see it then in duolingo that's Mm -hmm. actually a massive sign that you have got a real eye for language well thank you (laughs) (laughs) you know like which makes sense you've done hebrew you've done spanish you've taught language right so you know you already know language is patterns and you're a writer so you've got an eye for words and that's all real strength. You've got nothing but strengths, Daniela. Then <laughs> <laughs> that's something that you can kind of take with you. So something to read. It doesn't even have to be that. Like I can also, for example, Deutsche Welle, I think, has a relatively good, like simple online course. And I never bought anything like a book or a magazine until I was one year into learning Welsh. But I had like a little... I had like a little really cheesy course where there was a lady who goes on dates and I don't know, hangs out with her kids and <laughs> you know, the usual like language learning type thing. But what it gives you is some people speaking, perhaps a simplified, but still speaking natural target language to each other. Yeah. Or something, you know, like, so you get some dialogues, etc. And there's lots and lots of stuff like that. So I can recommend a few of those for you, like good beginners resources that are not 
um, like Duolingo or my grammar course, which is here is a lesson that's sort of Duolingo or here is an explanation. That's what I give you. But what you're missing at the moment is like, here's somebody using German. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Maybe, like maybe watching some YouTube videos could help. Just totally, totally. There's a, oh, what's the series called? Oh, oh, I'm blanking on it right now, but there's a YouTube series, Extra, it's called. I think it's Extra. We've done like a, you know, like an email at, because it's so modern, um, for the A in Extra. And that was, mm. that was made in several languages, and I think you can find it on YouTube. And that's sort of a few friends live together in a, in a you know, shared flat kind of kind mm. of story and it's just a few dialogues so extra is a good one but yeah anything that is real input um okay. there's also easy german on youtube which is street interviews so again might be too difficult really but it doesn't matter because there's subtitles and never feel ashamed to use subtitles never <laughs> so something like that that just kind of gives you a bit of natural german and it doesn't have to be okay. you don't have to understand it all you don't have to you know like n nothing nothing and or you simply just following an instagram account or following you know like whatever social media account in in german or a german youtuber or something like that it that's th the simplest thing really that you can you can kind of do but it it just reminds you that this exists outside of an app you know what i mean yeah Yeah, that's that's how I felt about Duolingo because it's really fun and I I like learning the words and stuff, but then I do feel that like kind of gap there because even though I'm doing Duolingo and I'm learning on your course, so I'm learning, you know, how the language is put together. I I I have felt like, okay, this is great, but if I don't have a practical place to either practice it or see it in action, um that my learning can only go so far. Mm. So this brings me on to path goals. Path goals being kind of our um and just in case you are a language habit toolkit user and this session you're listening to this session to kind of get a sense of where you're starting etc we just talked through roughly the language resource organizers so if you are a toolkit user and you're listening go back into your toolkits and have a have a look around the language resource organizer worksheet and that that will give you a sense so you could follow daniela's winning plan <laughs> so that gives me my final bit which is to have a look at path goals and usually I look 30 days ahead but is 30 days does that feel a bit long for you a bit short for you at the moment what is a realistic um time period where you can think yeah man I'm taking action and then I'll check back in I think I think maybe I don't know um I think 30 days sounds good or 15 days mm -hmm. maybe Maybe a thirty-day goal and then a fifteen-day goal. Yeah, I like fifteen days sense. for a for a really early beginner because you do have that enthusiasm yeah. and you you're still you're still testing everything out as well. Yeah, you know, once you're falling into more of a routine, it's easier to set yourself. Like I know, I I know roughly what I'm doing with Welsh, so it's easy for me to set myself a thirty-day goal. But in if in a brand new language or if I was brand new to this whole situation, I think a shorter-term goal might help. 
Yeah. So you want to, I, I always, always advise setting goals in listening, reading, speaking and writing. And that okay. doesn't have to be much. And you are already, you have already suggested a writing goal for yourself. I have. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned, you mentioned doing the little collages with Chiara. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if you, you know, typing, typing out some German words, that counts as writing in my book. Okay. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be eight pages, blah, blah, blah. We're not in school. Yeah. Okay. So maybe a writing goal could be to use the little collage, emotion collage I made with her and have German words. And I know so, you sent me one yeah. the other day, didn't you? Yeah, I sent you a little picture. With oh, it's the best. Like, this is Kiara or something like yeah, that. Yeah, she's, she's called Kiara. Kiara is a girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's called Kiara. That's what I wrote. And yeah. if you wanted to challenge yourself... Not necessarily more time, but if you want to challenge yourself, I would I would suggest maybe do a little script introducing yourself and maybe introducing Kiara. Ooh, and then we're practicing first person singular and third person singular, so that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just do that. And if you you know, once you've done that, if you're feeling good and you don't have to do this, and I know this is scary, but I'm I'm just mentioning it because it's scary. You know what you can do with a script like that? You can either record it, say, and put it just on your Instagram story or something like that. Mm -hmm. You could send it to Kirsten, your friend. Or you can, and this is also for you guys listening, um, this might be useful. You can get an italki tutor or get a tutor. Um, or even, you know, just just book in for half an hour. You don't have to always have like an hour full on session. I do a lot of half hour sessions. I find it useful because it, it's less scary. And then just meet with them. And say, hey, I made a script. Let me demonstrate all of my German to you. And just like <laughs> demonstrate it all to them. And then see if they can, you know, take it further or anything like that. But it gets you over that hurdle of early speaking. And it makes you feel like, yeah, I've spoken to a German in German today. Yeah. I think that that is a key for me that I need to. I enjoy things more when I have someone to share it with. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I have you that I can, that I know If I do anything in German and I send it to you, you'll be like, that's so cool. So I'm lucky in that way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I genuinely do think that's that's very, very cool. And I, I love it because not all of my English speaking friends do that. And you're not judgmental either. So I know that even if you're like, no matter what it is, you'll still find it cool, even if I mess up. So <laughs> I don't feel afraid at all about that. Mm hmm. And it's what you mentioned before about community, right? So to find a supportive community, you're already in my Facebook group. And I know I don't, I say no language practice because we'll end up in a right old kerfuffle. But if every, you know, if a thousand people want to practice languages with each other, it'll just be Babylonian chaos. But you can find people there too and you can share and we do we post a check-in Saturday every Saturday where again you can just you've got somewhere to share your successes and I think that's very important so making yeah. making those language learning friends uh, I found Instagram really good for that kind of stuff hmm. I'll have to look into that mm. okay so yeah. we've got our writing covered you kind of got your speaking covered as well even though I gave you the goal <laughs> But luckily, you're, you're listening and reading. The basics are covered, right? And this is one of the good and bad things about something like Duolingo. They cover all your basics, but they also cover them in this kind of 
robotic way. So mm -hmm. for listening, like I said before, this is where some little bit of natural language and reading as well, some little bit of natural language over the next month or three months to bring that in will be super useful because real Germans are not the Duolingo owl. So they'll talk a bit yeah. differently, you know, like, and they won't do exactly what you expect them to do in the way that an app does. Yeah. So it'll probably be a more natural way of learning it. Yeah. So what do you think you can do in 15 days in terms of any listening, anything that is input to hear? Maybe watch a, like, maybe watch one of those shows that you mentioned, the extra, um, maybe for the listening. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, or find a German podcast that maybe learning German podcast. Yeah, I've got an article in, um, again, I will put all of these in the show notes. So for you and for everybody listening, you can just kind of have it in one place and they're going to be at, what is this? This is 97. They're going to be at fluent.show slash 97. But yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to put my article in there as well, which has got nine, like the nine best German podcasts that I know. So there you'll find oh, something in there. Yeah. Great. It's handy stuff. And then, <laughs> and then for reading, maybe, um, I don't know. Do you think following some Instagrammers, maybe like find, I don't know if you have a list of that, but it could be something like, I don't have a list of, German speaking Instagrammers at all. So if anybody listening has got any recommendations, please do share. And that's the kind of thing, uh, post about it in the Facebook group. I encourage you because somebody's going to have a tip. And one useful thing to always do is um, a, a topic that you're interested in, take any topic, could even be, well, baby is, is the same in English as in German, so that doesn't really work as much. But if you could put something like, Mutter, M-U-T-T-E-R, that means mother in German, or put something like Mama, you know, like Mama is like what, what most Germans say to their mom. So if you put something like that in the Instagram search and see if something good comes up. You know, one thing, one thing I thought about when you mentioned, um, when we were talking about writing, etc. we've already got a lot of writing stuff, but if you ever wanted to label or to go with a like traditional vocab list, mm -hmm. Something really fun might be to do at least a small vocab list or whatever, you know, like if you get bored of one or you've already looked at it seven times and you can't quite memorize the words, write them in Hebrew and German or write them in Spanish and German. It's hmm. a good idea. And you just have an extra, I don't know, spice to it. Yeah. Like I might do, I might do Spanish and like, I usually do Spanish and French if I want to do one of those two. Cause I feel, I, I, well, to be honest, cause I feel bad. Like I, I can't improve one without improving the other. I need to do them both. <gasps> I know when I'm learning German, I have this feeling of like, but I should be learning Hebrew and Spanish because like, that's what I, you know, have so much more knowledge in. And that's what I'm like. I don't know. Those are the languages I've always been like, I want to be fluent in these languages. So mm -hmm. learning, putting a third language in has been motivating to me for the other ones. But I'm also like, oh, maybe I should be putting this effort into learning those languages. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think you're a so, polyglot. I think that's what that means. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. 
I think it just it just means yeah I think it just means oh yeah welcome to the <laughs> I don't know what it is about languages it's weird right because we don't feel like that about cooking you don't feel like well I'm learning how to make a I'm learning how to make sushi right now but I I'm neglecting my curry knowledge or something like that yeah like we we don't do that but with languages it's it's strong like I feel I feel that too yeah okay it's also yeah no sorry go ahead oh it's also like i feel like when i was i think it's when you're learning multiple languages it does kind of feel like when i was traveling in central america um there i met a lot of israelis there and i knew hebrew so when i would listen to them like i understood their conversations which was fun because they assumed that no one there would know Hebrew other than them. And then I'd be like, say something to them in Hebrew and they'd be like, Oh, oh no, she understands what we're saying. <laughs> Cause they think that like they, they have this secret language that no one knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I wouldn't be able to speak to them in very much Hebrew because I had so much Spanish in my brain. So I would try to say something in Hebrew and it would come out in Spanish. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that when you're, it's like if you're learning, if you are learning to make sushi and you go to make curry, it's not like you're going to be like, oh, no, I'm using my sushi learning techniques by accident. <laughs> but I feel like with languages, you know, if if like my experience has been when you don't when you don't have like high enough level of fluency, it's hard to it's hard to like keep all of that those languages in my head at the same time. And to like be able to pull them out at the right time. I agree. So. I agree. It's it's really weird. I keep yeah. I keep having when I try to speak Spanish, Welsh words come out a lot, <laughs> like an unreasonable amount of occasions. This just happens, yeah. and I'm like, oh my god, how how this is? It's just so right. weird. Yeah, and yeah. it feels so odd because Welsh is such a minority language, right? That I feel. Like, what is the point? Like, what am I even doing? What, you know, like, who wants to hear this, basically? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because who wants to hear my Welsh words? Nobody. And they're not useful. And I feel very conspicuous because I say to people, oh, that was a Welsh word. As if it's like a, I don't know. <laughs> I, feel, yeah. I feel very conspicuous doing that. Yeah, it's, it's a challenge for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Okay, so it's like, it's like you have a part of your brain that's like, okay, I need another language that's not my native language, <laughs> and so it just pulls out whatever is like at the top of the heap or something. True. So, yeah. Anyway, let's we can get back to the topic at hand. So, in terms of reading, so for writing, I would I can do like a photo collage of, of Kiara and put German words in. For listening, I can listen to a German podcast or YouTube videos. Um, for speaking, what was, what's my goal for speaking? Do I have one? What were you thinking it would be? Mm, well, do you? I would set a goal, yeah, because you're feeling apprehensive about speaking. I feel it would be useful to start speaking quite early, so okay. that you, so that the apprehension kind of has you've got time to get over all the awkwardness at the time when you're 
Like, there's no way you're setting yourself a standard for being fluent, right? So maybe just record a voice message or there's a there's an app called Hello Talk, which might be really fun to use where you can find a, a language exchange partner and just send them a text. And that's exactly, that's that's what we were saying earlier about like, you know, do a little script, talk a little bit about yourself, talk a little bit about Kiara. And yeah. it's great because that way you feel like you've checked this bit off, you know, and it makes you feel like, okay, this is like the little module one and now I can move on to the next thing. Yeah. So it's a natural, yeah. it makes you want to expand your vocab when you do something like that. Yeah. <sighs> Love it. Okay. Yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> so we've got your speaking, we've got your reading. And really, like I said, like Duolingo is kind of at, at this starting level, Duolingo is giving you a lot of a lot of that. But what we have managed to do is bring it out of that a little bit and give, you know, give it a bit more of a dimension in real life. That's important. Yeah. Because what we were saying earlier about grit and motivation, and mm -hmm. the feeling of a language coming alive. Yeah. Which is the most important, it's, the, it's one of the most important things that you can do. Daniela, I'm feeling very positive about your German language learning skills. And I'm feeling like something really cool that we were able to do is dig into a few of the things that might trip you up in future and start mm -hmm. thinking very early about how, how you can think so that they don't trip you up. Yeah. I liked, I'm, I really am appreciative that I have, that, you know, I have so much to go off of from this conversation. So. And it's going to be recorded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this will be really helpful to people who want to use the language habit toolkit because I have, I have it. Um, but I'm not one of, I'm not very good at just using worksheets on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know there's a whole guide, but I'm not really good at re reading guides. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I think this will be so helpful for people to listen to, to really be able to dig into those different parts of it. Yes. Yeah. So, for yeah. example, the resource worksheet, how important that is at the start, I think, to have a clear sense of what your resources are and what they are giving you. And where you are getting stuck, I feel that that's extremely useful. And you can kind of, you can take from this a level of, of moving forwards. And then you can choose to work with the tracker. I think it might be fun if you're not, you know, keeping track in any different way. It might be fun to work with the study tracker, which is very, which is a very uh, straightforward worksheet that just lets you you know, look at a date, go, what did I do today? Which of the skills did I practice? Bush, bosh, bosh, and moving on. So it's a very, it's a very quick way of tracking. If you do track, the advantage is that within the next 15 days, you can put yourself a review into the calendar, you know, so in 15, 14, 15 days, go, all right, well, how did that go? Or in 30 days, go, all right, how did that go? And you could use the review worksheet, or you could, you know, You've got privileged access, yay. But, you know, you can talk to me or talk to, talk to a fellow language coach and just kind of look at how you got on. And this way, you're establishing this strong habit because we're building foundations that are going to be harder to shake than, than just, oh, I don't, I don't live in Germany anymore. What's the point? I'll, I'll stop. And then you get that feeling of regret two years later. Yeah. Nobody wants That's that. True. And also, I'm, I have this recording out there. So <laughs> if I don't do anything with it, then, you know, this is out in the world and 
people will know that I had this intention but that, didn't follow through with it. So <laughs> this makes this makes a very good bridge to asking you how can people reach you if they want to kind of nag you? <laughs> Or if maybe they want to hire you to write for them because Daniela does have a yeah. deep love of language and is is a oh my gosh, a, a great writer and you do, you know, you do freelance, right? So you you can you can, you're available for blog articles, you're available for instructions and various different things, aren't you? Yeah, and also if people want to write, have a writing coach for their own writing, mm -hmm. um, I could def I that's what I really want to do as well. Um, that's what I re really love doing as well. So, or if you have a, or if you're Jewish and you want your kids to learn Hebrew, um, the prayers and stuff like that. So, I can't, I, my, I don't know. My website's down right now. Um, but you can find me on Twitter at Daniela Uslin. Mm -hmm. my, or you can follow me on Instagram, also Daniela Uslin. Or you can um, follow me, I guess, message me on Facebook as well. Fabulous. That's Daniela Uslan and this Daniela D A N I E L A Uslan U S L A N on the Twitter, on the Instagram, or you can find her on Facebook. You know, send Daniela a message telling her you go with the German or <laughs> tell her about your favorite Instagrammers in German. And uh, Daniela, yeah. again, I encourage you to post in Fluent Language Learners because that's a very, very supportive group of people who know a lot and I don't know everything. So they're, they're going to be right at your disposal. Fantastic people to know. And people who watch YouTube when I don't. So <laughs> that's okay. such a good resource. And thank you so much. I was, it was so exciting having you, having you on the show or having you, you know, in this recording and working yeah. through this process with me. Thank you so much for doing it. I found this extremely valuable. So for anyone who, who has a language habit toolkit or who wants to start learning a language, I think, I don't know if you offer this as a service, but I think you should. <laughs> <laughs> It's really helpful just to have you walk me through each part of it and talk about, you know, where I could get, you know, how to use my strengths to learn it and how to create a learning uh, plan that really works for me and what I enjoy and how I learn. Fabulous. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. And listeners, if you do want to contact me about this as a service, yes, I do offer it. <laughs> <laughs> so you can you can contact me and just basically I call it language coaching. You can call it whatever you wish. It's useful no matter what you call it. But yeah, do do get in touch and just, you know, send me a quick email, Kirsten at fluentlanguage.co.uk, mention language coaching, have a look at the language habit toolkit. I hope this was useful for you in the same way it was for Daniela. I I usually really enjoy listening to these types of things and it gives you a behind the scenes because one of the big questions I usually get when people contact me about language coaching is what happens? What happens? And now you know how we work and how I can help you see all those advantages that you already have because Daniela has a few that she didn't know about and I bet that you do as well. I'm so excited to help you with those. That's it from me from the Fluent Show and Daniela, we do a thing 
on the Fluent Show, which is I say goodbye and then my guest says goodbye. So it's goodbye from me, goodbye, and it is goodbye from Daniela Yuslin. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Fluent Show. Don't forget that you can send us your comments and questions to be answered on the show to Kirsten, that's K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter at The Fluent Show. We're always so excited to hear from you. We read every message. Don't forget to review us. See you next week.